Lava. This is Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. I'm Susanna Suiswiki. Coming up, a medical ship in the Pacific is running behind on its repair bill. Also, at the end of the day, it's not ours, you know, it's just we're just here to look after it and pass it on to the next generation. Tourist operators in the Cook Islands are calling on visitors to be more climate friendly. And later on, we've been going through many journeys where people never really oh, they underestimated yeah. us. The annual Sunpex Awards celebrated Pacific leaders in New Zealand. But first, authorities in Fiji have welcomed reports that there have been no casualties from Cyclone Mel as the country looks to begin its cleanup after the storm. The storm, which has now been downgraded to Category 2 system, continues to move in a southeasterly direction away from Fiji and into open water. The director of the National Disaster Management Office, Vasiti Soko, announced on Wednesday afternoon that all schools, businesses and government offices will reopen on Thursday. Also, a dissolution of parliament has been avoided in Manuatu after a meeting between the president and political leaders on Wednesday morning. The opposition group, which has the majority support of MPs in parliament, has withdrawn its motion of no confidence against Prime Minister Shalo Salwai and his minority government. State House has confirmed to RNZ Pacific that President Nike Nike Vurubaravu agreed not to proceed with a dissolution of parliament if the political leaders could find a way to resolve their differences. This unprecedented chain of events is occurring against the backdrop of crippling political instability that has seen four Vanuatu prime ministers come and go in the space of three years. For more updates, head over to rnzi.com. A ship providing critical medical care in the Pacific has two weeks to pay a $300,000 repair bill. The YWAM Koha has helped over 5,000 people in remote Fijian islands, providing a mobile dental service and basic checkups. YWAM Ships Managing Director Marty Emmett says the boat has been miraculously docked for a two-week grace period in Lautoka. Emmett sat down with Anisha Satya to explain what YWA is and why Koha is a necessity for the Pacific. Uh, so YWAM stands for Youth with a Mission. It's a 63-year-old Christian missionary organisation started in 1960. How did YWAM come across a boat? Yeah, so YWAM's had a long-held dream of using boats to access isolated places, realising there's lots of places, especially in the Pacific, mm. where boats are the only means of access. And so how long has uh, Koha been running for? So we were gifted the Koha four and a half years ago, March 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've only been operating here as a medical ship in the Pacific, but this is the second season, so 2022. And then this year, up into Fiji, the first two years, we joyfully received her with no money in the bank, no database, and I think we had two full-time staff. Wow. So it became a a wonderful journey of how do we create a database, how do we raise the funds, how do we recruit volunteers? Because one of the things that's quite distinctive for for us as Youth with the Mission is everyone is volunteer. Mm -hmm. So we don't pay salaries or wages. Myself as managing director right through to the captains or the dentists that serve on the ship. Everyone volunteers their time. So it's been quite the journey. So what is the current situation of the ship? Uh, October 14th. So we came into Latoka at the wharf there in Latoka, offloaded our short-term volunteers, 
and then two days later discovered through our amazing engineering team that were on board at the time that there was a significant issue with the tail shaft on the ship, which essentially they declared it a dead ship. And So where is so, it at currently? Is it still out at sea? Or? Still, no, it's still in Latoka at, well, alongside the wharf, but I think they're moving it out to anchor today because there's a cyclone brewing in that area yeah. between Vanuatu and Fiji. So they're going to go out to anchor just out on the western side there of Fiji and Latoka. What are the future plans for the ship if you, you get the funding and you're able to use it? What are you going to do with it? Yeah, so we just this year signed a long-term partnership agreement with the Fiji government, specifically the Ministry of Health, to continue to provide services in the maritime region. So our goal is to get the ship back here for cyclone season. Then May next year, we're going to go again and spend another five months in Fiji next year and just continue to do that in the years to come, just to keep providing these oral health, optometry services and basic primary health services in the maritime islands. What's if you don't get the funding? What happens then? They just won't get the services. They won't see the dentist that they need to see. They won't get the the reading glasses they need. I mean, the, the, the effects of isolation in those maritime islands are quite extreme because of how simple their life is. But to go from their village to see an optometrist or to see a dentist is quite a massive exercise. Any idea how long it'll take for the, like, once you get the funding, how long will yep. it take to repair the boat and how much will it cost? Yeah, so we've got dates reserved. Miraculously, we have two weeks set aside at a floating dry dock in Latoka. So we're hoping in 14 days that we can get all the repair work done. So the best estimate we have so far is it's going to be at least 300000 New Zealand dollars. What can the average person do to help? Oh, there's so many things. Like, we, you know, we're a full volunteer group, so we exist because people volunteer. So we need trades people that will come when the ship's returned and volunteer their time. There's lots of work on the ship that needs to get done, upgrades. Um, you know, if they're a person of faith, we always need prayer. You know, as a Christian entity, we only exist really through prayer and, and just praying. I mean, honestly, a gift, the amazing thing is because of the matching gift, a gift of $100 becomes $200 straight away. So there's no gift too small that people can give, and whatever you give gets doubled straight away. Uh, so for us, we really feel obligated to keep going. Um, we've seen that the ship... It provides the services, it breaks that the obstacles to access in these maritime islands, and it just brings so much hope. We're really proud of our Kiwiness, our Kiwi connection. We really are an Aotearoa story, so we think the future's really bright. Tourists in Rarotonga are being encouraged to look beyond the picture-perfect postcard scenery and give back to the environment when holidaying in the islands. Regenerative tourism is becoming a staple for visitors wanting to be climate change conscious. Alicia Foon spoke with Cook Islands Tourism and local operators about how it's possible to have a relaxing holiday while also doing your bit for the environment. Growing up in the Cook Islands, the ocean, his playground. Donald Helen, known as Dee, follows his ancestors' teachings that they are the guardians of the sea. That is our job, you know, we're all just guardians here, like, we're all landowners here, we own land, but at the end of the day, it's not ours, you know, it's just, we're just here to look after it and pass it on to the next generation. We love the ocean. The Go Locals Tourism Director provides turtle and eagle ray tours, as well as other ocean adventures. He says the ocean means everything to them. 
but Dee says he's concerned about the deteriorating state of the ocean. From a young age, we've seen the differences. Like you go there now, like compared to when we were kids, it's, it's totally different in the ocean. It's not as colourful as it used to. So we've seen the, the changes, you know, and just just experiencing all those changes, it kind of um, gets you a bit concerned, you know. You're like, it's not like how it used to be. Alex King, the founder of Te Ara o Te Ako, is combating this by launching a coral restoration project. She hopes both locals and visitors get involved. Spreading the message of how important our coral reef is, and how much it provides for our basic living. It's a, one of our food sources, it's where we catch our fish. It's Personally, I would really love to see more community involvement in, in that, maintaining and protecting the the ocean space. She's teamed up with Dee and his team, including Go Local Beach Operations Manager, Raving Atiao, who is already making a difference. So our goal eventually is to make it a thing where people, if they are interested, we give them the chance to go and plant a coral. And then maybe we'll put up a plaque or something where everybody gets to have their name on it, so everybody around the world gets to see that these people have contributed to the well-being of our island. There are many ways tourists can give back while visiting the Cook Islands, like donating or volunteering with the SPCA, to planting natives along the banks to prevent coastal erosion with moody environmental care. Cook Islands Regenerative Tourism Manager Jeremy Goodwin says sustainable travel is the goal, and some members of the Cook's community have been doing this for years, but are now finally getting recognised for it. Now, Manatiaki, it celebrates at us as local people to extend the right to our visitors to come and enjoy the destination, but leave it in a green-up space before they leave. So that Manatiaki has been operating, and we're looking at how can we make this, but how can this evolve more and bigger in throughout our communities. As for waste and recycling on the main and outer islands, the goal is to have zero waste in the Cook Islands by 2045. On outer islands, there's no landfill, and on Rarotonga, there's only one. Goodwin says there's potential to not only reduce, but also repurpose plastic. The, the dreams we have from regenerative tourism that other um, business opportunities out there. Plastic, um, for example, I've seen um, plastic bottles that could be turned into chopping boards. There's green ways out in the world and um, our hope is that people are inspired to move into that space and tourism will be on board to support where we can. Alex King sees there's power in community initiatives. So I didn't feel like our government was taking these sorts of issues seriously or I didn't feel like there was enough resources. Once you sort of start something, it can ripple effect and I feel it has kind of started to do that so I do feel really positive about it. I do feel like it sort of holds certain agencies accountable so I do feel really positive about the future of restorative projects. Goodwin hopes visitors get behind regenerative tourism. He says it has the potential to make a positive difference that will last generations. The endeavours of Pacific people to better their communities in Aotearoa were celebrated over the weekend at the Sunpix Pacific People's Awards. Moira Tule Patela went along to the awards, which this year were held in Monaco, South Auckland. 
The awards cover six categories, education, emerging and community leadership, enterprise, health and well-being and Pacific service excellence. There are two winners for each and no runner-up. As Managing Director of Sunpix Limited, Tawaleo or Stephen Stalin explains. That's a little different from a lot of award shows in that there are there are no runner-ups, they're just winners. Um, and that's a more Pacific way of doing things. The winners of the education category were Pacific Kids Learning Limited and South Auckland Maths Challenge. In her acceptance speech, the challenger's Catalina Ma says it was important to acknowledge the wider team, the teachers and the University of Auckland staff. She says if Pacific students continue to succeed in maths and science, there are a lot of opportunities available to them. Especially in higher education, our students have something to offer in terms of the values, the culture, the language that they come through. Adding that extra layer of maths and science, it's amazing to think about what they could do further. Frank Hicks of Make Them Proud was one of the two winners of the Health and Wellbeing Award. Mr Hicks's organisation helps parents through family courts and private disputes. He says he's blessed to do what he does. You have the ability, you have the the responsibility to be able to make changes in in the lives of of a lot of children and what we do absolutely works and it's been shown to work so we can't stop it's got to be done Um, and it's just a beautiful thing to see the positive effects that what we do has on families and children. Palisoni was the other recipient in the health and well-being category. For the Enterprise Award, one of the winners was Fiber Fale, an organisation co-founded by Julia Arnott Ne'ene and Eteroa Lafaele. Their mission is to create a future where Pacific people have digital equity, are confident pursuing pathways in digital technologies and see themselves as future creators. Etiroa Lafaele described what the award means for her. We've been going through many journeys where people never really, oh, they underestimated yeah. us. And I think this is a big step to show that, um, yeah, we're here for justice, but also this is a real actual thing, which is building a business mm-hmm. as well. For Julia Anotene'ene, she has advice for young Pacifica, in particular women, wanting to get into the field. If you've got a bright idea, if you've got a bold idea, if you've got something you want to say and put forward, that's needed in this world and that's valued in this world and that's what we believe should be celebrated in this world. So we hope that when they see us being as unapologetic and as fierce and as proud as we are, they know that they can be that too. The co-writer and co-producer behind the international hit movie Red, White and Brass, Halai Whonua Finau, is also a winner in the enterprise. Mr Finau and Tom Hearn founded Tawake Production, a company based in Tamaki Makoto. There was also an emerging leadership category celebrating the next generation of young Pacific leaders paving their own paths. The two winners of the award were Aniva Clark and Nele Kololo. Ms Clark, a climate activist, says she's humbled by the award. There's still a long way to go in my leadership journey, but I hope that it's the beginning of influencing change and advocating for change because we need that, because, you know, our climate is in crisis and we have so many young people that are so passionate about it. And so the thing that I want is as many young people and children, Fasuika, young people and children, to have their voices heard. 
giving back to her community in South Auckland is why Shirley Fruin started the Queen Shirley Academy, a pathway to performing arts for young people. Shirley Fruin is a recipient of Community Leadership Category. She says this recognition shines a light on what they do. It's about seeing the children rising, seeing them come out of um, those struggles that we go through and then elevating and being able to um, live their dreams. And when we see those transition, that that process and the transformation, that's what fuels me to keep going because I know that um, we've saved lives. South Seas Healthcare, Otara's largest Pacific health provider, was the other community leadership winner. The criteria for the Pacific Service Excellence is awarded to an organisation that makes an important contribution to Pacific peoples and their work. One of the winners in this category is Adult and Community Education Aotearoa, which is the lead body that promotes good practice for adult and community lifelong learning. The organisation's Annalise Robinson is thrilled their work has been recognised. It means so much and to have my family here to witness this. My nieces are here. I want them to see what greatness looks like. And I don't speak about myself, I speak about every single person in this room. It's sacred. It's humbling. But I think more than that, it's a tribute to our tupuna. Ka'ote Pacifica, a charitable trust based in Hamilton that provides health, education, employment and social services to Pacific communities, was the other winner of the Pacific Service Excellence category. The Sunpix Awards are in their ninth year. That's Pacific Waves for today. To listen back, head over to rnzi.com slash programs. We're also on Apple, Spotify and iHeartRadio podcasts. From myself and the RNZ Pacific team, till Fast Week 4.